Sponsoring this podcast episode is Catalyst Counseling. Catalyst Counseling is a judgment-free space in which fellow humans explore and heal from their past, acquire tools to problem-solve in the present, and work to create their desired future. They are a small, intentional group of therapists with a focus on social justice, evidence-based practices, and meeting folks where they are at. You can check out their website at catalystconway.com. And shout out to Maureen Skinner for taking the initiative to sponsor this episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 173 of the District 3 Podcast. My name is Irvin. And this is Elena. Elena's back um, and uh, we're actually, well, she's currently working on a website for the podcast, which is in its earliest stages, um, but that's an idea that Elena brought about and I'm excited about it, excited to see you know how it can evolve and uh, Elena already showed me some screenshots of, of stuff that she's been working on and it looks pretty cool. I see some videos, some pictures on there um, and we don't know yet when we'll probably launch it. Maybe in the next few weeks, maybe, Elena? Yeah, probably. I think so. Most definitely, yeah. And then we can kind of just share, you know, like all the um, pictures that we post on social media, videos, news articles and stuff about the podcast. And I'm just excited to see how it evolves. You know, we were talking about maybe even doing merch, some some stickers, some some shirts. I've been wanting to do shirts for a, for a while. And now that we have some sponsorships and stuff, I think we can we have the money now to do it. So I'm excited about that. Um, joining us today is someone who I'm actually meeting for the first time today. I like to have these initial conversations with people like on the podcast uh, <laughs> that, I, that I didn't have before. Uh, Bambi, who is an event producer, creative consultant, former model, originally from Memphis, Tennessee, um, which uh, I was asking him, why former? And I think we can, we can kind of start with that, Bambi. Why, why a former model? Um Man, I, I love Get right complicated to questions and <laughs> answers. I just, I prefer my autonomy, you know. Mm. Um, a lot of things that you have to do in that industry are so focused around your image and how you, you present yourself. And um, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a loose cannon. I mm. might go between cutting my hair or scream against the politics of the, the world at mm. any moment. And yeah. if you're supposed to be the billboard for somebody else's creation, I just I couldn't do it personally. I have a whole lot of respect for the people who can do that, put themselves aside to, to promote something aside from themselves. But uh, yeah, me personally, it just didn't stick. <laughs> I've heard like, well, I've had I've had folks on the on the podcast who are part of like the modeling community and stuff, mm-hmm. and we we didn't dive too much into like the toxic uh, part of it. Um, but just as an outsider myself, I can see how like toxic it could be when the whole uh, job or industry revolves around your image. Exactly. And, you know, luckily we're blessed enough to be in this area in particular where people like NWA Fashion Week have made it really accessible and safe for people to uh, to participate. And honestly, I've seen them knock people down a couple of pegs for, for talking discriminate, uh, discriminately mm-hmm. or out or calling people, you know, just names in general. You know, yeah. they just don't accept that. But in the greater scheme of marketing, especially oh, not marketing, modeling, mm-hmm. especially overseas in places like Italy and France, like it is cutthroat. And for that to be about your, your personal being and how you look as a person, man, I, whew, it, it, was, it was a bit too much for me, so... 
And you you did it recently though, right? It's been I think I saw a video. Maybe it was from a while ago. For I think sure. I saw like a video or something. Probably like a year and a half, a year ago. Yeah, it might have even media. been three months at this point. Um, I'll still oh, really? work for for a walk for certain designers that I have a good rapport with. But gotcha. just in general, doing it for pay and actually like searching for opportunities, I'm not. I'm not promoting myself like that. If you know and you want to contact me about doing it, I'll definitely do it if we have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, it, that's a no-go. And how did you even get involved with that? How, do, how does that even happen? Does someone <laughs> just look at you and be like, you're the dude. Come come through. It this started event. off as a bet. Uh-huh. I, yeah. <laughs> I was in a history class. and I, I met a photographer, a really cool friend of mine. And uh, I heard that he was doing a, a campaign with Thursday Boots, actually. Mm-hmm. And at first, uh, he was looking for models on his Instagram. And I thought, man, as a joke, I, I think I might just do that. And a buddy mm-hmm. of mine was saying, no, you actually have to do it now. You can't just tell me these things. Like, you have to go out and do this thing. And I bet you won't. So I did the thing, took the first gig. Then that buddy of mine actually started working for a marketing company. Okay. <laughs> and they had me do shots for a skincare line that was about to drop. And then it just sort of picked up from there. Um, I primarily do runway now and some small, small editorial here and there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not looking to do any bigger brands anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you on that. That can be, uh, it can be a very toxic environment based on what I hear from people. Um, I was listening to you on Rose podcast, the Interform podcast, yep. and yep. Um, she does this thing at the beginning where she kind of uh, asks you to like describe yourself or like who you are, mm-hmm. like. I had difficulty with that too, and, and, and the podcast episode that I watched of you, you had difficulty with that as well. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think that is? Um, I don't like working under titles. If I'm being honest, you know, I could tell you exactly what it is that I do for work any day of the week, but I don't feel like that fully encompasses who I am and the scope of, of vision that I have for for mm-hmm. my professional self. And um, you know, aside from my job title at my nine to five, I mean, the things that I do in my free time they vary so greatly. Yes. So, you know, event producing and creative consultant, those seem like the best to catch all mm-hmm. terms that I can use for any certain field. But outside of that, it's like, yeah, I could tell you that, you know, I'm in the middle of poetry workshops. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't even know how to describe to people yet. No, they're these small little ancillary side things that I do that also are a really big deal to me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's more. <laughs> I could relate to that, too. I, I have difficulty. um like, I, I, part of me doesn't want any labels at all. Yep. yep. A part of me is like, because I, I don't know, and I, and I even cringe at saying I do so much because it sounds like I'm, you know, I just think I'm this cool person that does so much, <laughs> yeah. right? So I cringe at saying, oh, I do all, I do all of this, but I do things that are, that are way, a, a, like way different from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like I do this podcast. I'm also an activist. I, I do. Uh, I'm part of a of a board for the ACU of Arkansas, but then I'm also like a ring announcer for a wrestling company, a pro wrestling company, and all these different things. So it becomes a little bit overwhelming to try to describe to someone uh, who I am under one cap, which yeah. I don't feel like. I feel like I have multiple caps. I feel like I'm a store of caps, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 but then how do you say that without sounding conceited or that you think that you're – just doing so much and you're so you're such an important person yeah yeah i've been toying with this idea lately i don't want to i don't want to say it but i might have to have a video resume like Mm. a one minute clip of just me doing random things highlight reel and like yeah and then talking to other people and having them describe who i am because i couldn't do it you Mm. know what what, what i always 
there's a general principle that I live my life by. Like, you are who people see you as and who they say you are just as much as you identify yourself to be. You know, mm-hmm. those are both equally true, but for different reasons. Truth and ideals are tricky complex. So I, I wouldn't say truth, but, you know, those two personalities are both inherently culturally true to some extent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever the public perception of me is, I will take that on, especially if it's coming from people that I genuinely care about or work with consistently. Like, let them tell the story. I can't just speak on my own laurels. Your your name, you know, you go by Bambi. Mm-hmm. Is there is there a backstory to that? Yes. And oh my God, I was just explaining this to somebody the other day. It, this is so needlessly complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I made a short film, I think like two years ago, that was called Dear Diary. And it was like this, it was strange. I will admittedly just say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Where I had like five different journal entries that I writ- had written over a couple of years. Yeah. I made video interpretations of each of them about like the struggle with coming from a super religious background to going to college mm-hmm. and you know having this really weird deconstructive view on religion and faith and how it ties into how America as a country was formed and then how that also developed with my identity as a black man. All that mm-hmm. to say it was like this really big admittance to everybody that I felt lost. And I was searching for something like a family, a meaning, a purpose, a a quote unquote prince or king of the forest, which Mm -hmm. I interpreted as God. But Mm -hmm. even in the end, that God that I'm being, you know, introduced to has a lot of weird history, especially when it comes to how religion was used to like control people, especially in the times of slavery and all that. Mm -hmm. So the title that I just went by was Bambi. Like I'm just going through the wild trying to figure myself out. But. The X is there because it was never meant to be the letter X. Mm. It's supposed to be the Hebrew letter Aleph, which looks vaguely like an X. Mm. So in order to keep it simple, I just took the A, made it an X, but it would still be pronounced Bambi. Bambi, Yeah. Gotcha. But uh, basically, uh, I was just a lost boy looking for purpose. And then the nickname kind of stuck over time. So I just took on the moniker. And you're still relatively young. How old were you whenever you... Did that 20 at that point yeah yeah i think i was just about to turn 21 either that or i was 21 at that point but yeah yeah then i lose track of how old you are i know you're super young too because i remember when i met you you were still a baby <laughs> <laughs> you were you're like was well, you like 17 yeah. yeah when you started interning for the podcast yeah. back in like what was that 2000 18 or 19 maybe no that had been 2016 2017 that had have been it was i don't know it was not 2016 because i didn't know you back then it was probably like 2017 or 18 i remember so yeah it was 18 19 let me get let me i know you're not supposed to like guess a woman's age right (laughs) but you're super young so i don't think it's offensive you know to do that i think you're 22 no 23 yeah i'm about to turn 24 Okay. Oh, we're the same age. You're the same, same age, age yeah. then. I'm curious yeah. which one of us is older, but I'm not going <laughs> to get into that. I always forget how, because I, just because I, I identify you as like a, I don't know, in my brain, you're still really, really young. I was 22. Yes, I'm you're, you're 23. Okay. Yeah, I'm about to turn 31 this month, and I'm proud of that. I like my 30s. I think 30s are, are good years. You know, Martin Luther King did his best work in his 30s? Yep. Jeez. So... Yeah. Jesus? <laughs> Anybody else? We got any other names? That's it? <laughs> okay. Kendrick. <laughs> okay. Okay. Drake. Jay-Z. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we Almost got some good man. names. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, Elena, how do, you, how do you identify yourself? 
how do I identify myself? Yeah, who are I you? am still in that phase where I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, mm. You know, especially like I'm finally gonna graduate in May. It's taken me longer to finish school. Um, one thing that I do is I'm definitely a big sister. Um, I love being a big sister. I mm. visit my family once a week, um, you know, when I can, and talk to my sisters, and I, that's like a part of me that I'm always happy about. I feel like being a big sister makes me a good aunt, it makes me a good mm. friend, it makes me good, uh, it's really good, you know, I feel like it makes me more of a people person. Mm. Sometimes I don't like people, so. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to tell, Lena. I feel like you're, you're a very good person. I have, I have um, you know, I know people that are, good people but i know people that like really want to help people and care about people and are a good person you're a good person you're on that list of people that <laughs> that is is always good vibes this is know? about bambi now <laughs> <laughs> no i have to agree like if we can just have a whole fan podcast dedicated to Lana right now, like, i'm down for that <laughs> I've, I've met bambi a couple times the first time was actually his um I had gone to go do some reporting on the open mic night, and mm. uh, it was whenever the Honey Collective was performing yes. out in Mount Sequoia. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm typically really quiet and shy going into new places and stuff, but Bambi was very welcoming, and mm. like, you know, I really like saw him um, do things that he loves. Like uh, that was really awesome. It was a beautiful setup too, the <laughs> lights you. and everything. Yeah. Where was this at? Mount Sequoia. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you, you you're doing so much. Right, you're doing all of these different things. Um, what what is your eight to five at the moment? What are you doing with your eight, for your eight to five? Right now, I'm the music and events coordinator for Cash, uh, okay. the Creative Arkansas Community Helmet Exchange. So you know, my typical day to day is helping develop different music ecosystems within the five great cities of Northwest Arkansas, and also exchanging ideas, talent, experiences between other cities across the U.S. So okay. right now we're I mean, the majority of the work we're doing was with Tulsa, but now I'm going to Kansas City, Cleveland, Mississippi, Huntsville, Alabama, and starting conversations with Memphis to see, all right, how can we take the greats, you know, all the big idea cities, and, you know, bring some of that freshness and, and creativity to Northwest Arkansas. Not to say that we don't have enough of our own here, because we do. We have talent in droves here. Yeah. But, you know, it it takes, uh, man, I can't even remember the uh, the saying it takes a village yeah. it is and northwest arkansas is a baby to me so how are you liking that because that kind of sounds like probably would be something like just the way you describe that sounds based on what i know about you would be somewhat of a dream job for you to do yeah. everything that you're doing right now to travel to do all the stuff involving like art and stuff am i right in saying that yeah a hundred percent and you know with any monkey's paw wish like it has its negatives for sure like I bet. the amount of times i touch my bed is a lot less than mm -hmm. i'd like to admit but no I'm, I'm really grateful for the experience to be able to meet all these different people from different backgrounds and different places and be able to expand not only this area's knowledge but to grow within myself too mm. it's it's a beautiful thing and you obviously with your work and just in general your community involvement you probably interact with a lot of art artists in mm -hmm. the area if you had to pick, uh, you know, three artists for people to watch out for, who would it be in the area? Northwest Arkansas. Somebody's You're about to end some friendships artists. right now. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> um, There's a lot of good artists, but just three that may be like, you know, uh, hit, hit differently for you specifically. I have to think about the three that have touched my entire soul. Like, <laughs> I'll say the three artists that have made me cry, because that's like, if you know that's me, it. like, this is not the hardest thing to do, but I'm not doing that in public unless something crazy just happened. <laughs> 100% one of them is Matt Major Kurth. 
Mm. Like just the way he he crafts sounds and, and tells a story with his music is absolutely beautiful to me. Um, oh, don't end friendships. Do not end friendships. <laughs> Sofia Ordaz, an absolutely amazing writer, inspires the absolute heck out of me right mm. there. And don't mess up. Don't mess up, Bambi. <laughs> this is your, 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 your make or break it. moment. You know what? I'll say the Red Lens. Um, meeting them was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a concert of theirs with a close friend of mine, Lindsay Alvin, and she said, all right, I'm going to go check out this friend of mine's boyfriend's band. They're playing over at Cork and Keg. Let's go check it out. So I walk in, and, you know, I grew up a big punk rock and hip-hop fan, mm-hmm. and, dude, they, they just blew me away. Mm-hmm. You know, I was 20 at the time in a bar couldn't drink anything but i was just happy to be experiencing them play catch to that is the date of that show was march 15th 2020 mm. uh, <laughs> so, no it was 14th the next day was the 15th and i remember vividly because i woke up and childish gambino did a live stream of an album whole long story to that and then a week later it's just like all right that's it like that was the last concert you could see for the next two years and now we're working together today. Honestly, we have a show together. I mean, it's their show. I'm just helping on the side. This Saturday at The Medium, which is Cash's side location in Springdale. Formerly known as the Art Center of the Ozarks. Correct, correct, correct. But yeah, just the impact that they've had on my career and how they've been there from literally the very start up until now, like that's precious to me. Absolutely love it. Are you doing any, any artist managing at the moment? Lightly. You know, I, I prefer consultation because I don't want to deem myself a true manager just yet. You know, I'm still kind of wet behind the ears when it comes to the industry. But, you know, I, I could tell you how to do brand releases, get you a deal with somebody if I absolutely had to. But I don't want to market myself out there as a manager because I don't have all the qualifications to do it just yet. What does it look like to be a consultant? Like, what is that? Besides, you know, what you just mentioned about the, the marketing, is there other aspects of it that maybe people don't know about? Yeah, it, it's strange. Because the internal dialogues that you have with yourself as a creative or professional, imagine having to have those conversations with other people and have to keep in mind, all right, this is their life. You know, this is their dream project. This is the thing that's going to take them to where they've always wanted to be in life. But, you know, there's always going to be those compromises, struggles and things to consider. So it's a strange mixture of, I don't want to say counseling or like therapy, but like personal introspection mixed with business and if you can't do both of those to a really good extent like don't do it (laughs) Mm. don't do it it takes empathy and a whole lot of structure at the same time and i'm not far enough along to say yeah no i want to do that forever but i can see the dire need that this area has for that especially with artists coming out of here now that you know somebody's gonna have to be able to walk side by side with these people and show them all right you can be as creative as you want to and let me just handle all the the icky legal bits right there um so i wanted your opinion on on um i see artists here locally that are so talented i'm just like there's one there's one thing that's that's just maybe that um how do i say this like they don't necessarily need something to get to the next level Mm -hmm. i just kind of feel like it, it might be just not the right moment and maybe maybe it's a thing where it's like this person has to reach the right moment for them to like blow up mm-hmm. or like they have to like talk to the right person or, or or perform at the right venue you know i see artists like bang coco yep. jasper 
that have it and i'm just waiting for them like it's just a matter of time that's kind of how how i see it um do you do you think about that when you see a lot of these artists that are so talented and do you think to yourself like it's just a matter of time All before the time. they blow up cuz they have everything already they're mm-hmm. talented they're charismatic you know they have good art music and it's just a matter of time for something to happen for them to blow up see that's the the it's one of those conversations that it helps to have a manager for there's one key conversation that nobody who is a creative likes to think about and it's finding who your audience is because once you know how to create a project and market towards those people in particular, you're set. Like, you're good. You found your niche. You found your community. But if you're just creating music and you're great at creating music, but you don't have a set goal or set group of people that you want to reach out to, like, you're, just, you're shooting in the dark. Like, you're shooting a really, really, really nice gun in the dark. You might hit a whole lot of things, but, you know, to be consistent and always hitting the mark is just not going to happen. So I see those artists in particular, like they're doing great, especially, you know, being tied to Love More Records. They're helping push that along. And these next few projects, I can tell you all without a doubt, will be their best. I'm really excited to hear the rest of them. I've only heard bits and pieces, but I'm excited to see where they go from there. But yeah, it's like you said, we have all these talented individuals. It's just a matter of them connecting with the right people, hitting that mark a few times and knowing, all right, this is who I am, and these are the people I best serve, mm-hmm. then you're, you're basically good to go. Because success isn't billboards, booking out stadiums and all that. Like, it can be for certain people. But, I mean, that's a wide audience. Anybody who does that isn't really speaking to a really impactful message. Taylor Swift isn't talking about anything that's ground-shaking or super-duper personal to specifically her. No. She just knows how to be relatable to everybody. Mm-hmm. Same with Drake. He's living mm-hmm. everyone's fantasy, uh, fantasy or is everyone's fantasy. The weekend is same thing. Mm-hmm. But with, you know, the storytellers we have here, they're telling their personal truth and their, their personal perspective. So you got to find people who can relate to that or aspire to be like that. What, uh, we had said the other day was Drake's verse. Um, haven't done my taxes. I'm too turned up. It's like, yo, like <laughs> yeah. that's relatable. Like I haven't right. done my taxes either. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like he, this is we're talking about a dude who literally invented the word YOLO. Mm. Like that is the level of relatability mm-hmm. that he is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what do you think are some of the hurdles that the talent in Arkansas might have compared to other states to make it uh, bigger? I guess because. It just kind of seems like in Arkansas, there's so much talent, but like you have to jump bigger hurdles or do you have to like scream louder out to the, mm-hmm. uh, to the universe to be heard? Um, do you, do you feel that? Or is it, or is it just like, or is that just kind of like a isolated thought from, from me as a, as an outsider? Uh, Are there I, bigger hurdles? Cause I'm, obviously yeah. Arkansas has had, you know, Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. you know, Arkansas has had, you know, some, some big artists, but I see so many artists that are just right there. Uh, they haven't uh, hit it where they. I'm not talking. I'm not defining success for them. I'm, I'm saying that they haven't reached the level of success that they that they want. Yeah, yeah. And they talk about it publicly. So I I just don't know what those hurdles look like in Arkansas. That it just kind of seems like there 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 are bigger hurdles for some reason. They used to be much bigger hurdles. Um, until the internet came out, if you were a hip hop, R and B, or soul artist coming out of Arkansas, like you, there's just no chance. Okay. Uh, uh, on top of that, it also goes back to you know finding your audience because those audiences haven't been served here up until recently. Mm. But now, because we live in this Web three era, uh, era where everything is social media, TikTok, X Y Z, 
Like, you can just connect with your people for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing it happen all the time because, like, Jack Harlow's from Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> like, under normal circumstances, you weren't going to see that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's just a matter of having that breakout moment or connecting with somebody, creating your online fan base. And just to be honest, stop focusing on Arkansas all the time. Like, mm-hmm. you can do your shows here for sure. But if you're putting all your energy into being Arkansas's best this or, oh, I want to be the best in our area, like nobody within this little region is better than me, you're not going anywhere. I see a lot of that on social media. I hate to say it, but, yeah, you're right. That's the majority of artists right now because they're not willing to look outside of their backyard, L.A. or New York or Dallas. Like, dude, people love music everywhere. (laughs) <laughs> you just have to create that. I don't know if it's like a subreddit to- uh, type of thing. That's like my age of the internet, what I'm thinking. But if you can find like your group of people that just like your music, you're good. That's what Brock Hampton did. They were just a bunch of Kanye fans who got together and said, let's make music. And it worked. Are you are you personally telling like the artists that you talk to, like are you talking to them about the importance of, of social media like TikTok? Is, it, is that something that comes up? Because I feel mm-hmm. like... It's a free advertise, as advertisement that goes to people that, you know, are not in your circle mm-hmm. and uh, can be used as a good tool. But I'm not sure, you know, how that looks like on your end. As someone that's more informed than I am on this subject, what, like, do you all talk about, like, social media that's a little bit, you know, more, I don't want to say it's, like, about, about, like, the youth because it's not, adults use it too. You know, mm-hmm. adults use it for different things. But I just feel like TikTok's an important tool that it's not used to the, the greatest of its ability a lot of the time by yeah. people that should yeah it's dangerous benefit. though because if you make a song and put it on tiktok i mean we saw it with um the guy who made what's it steve lacy steve lacy too but oh. he was famous before that yeah. so like he he had that extra little boost but the guy who made the song called golden hour i can't remember his oh, name Jake. yeah when he was oh, playing the piano like showing people the song like that boosted it for sure but 99 times out of 100, you're not getting your song famous on TikTok because you're the person you posted it. Somebody else posted it, did something else to that song, then the song mm. became popular. So to bank all your money in TikTok, it doesn't really make sense, but at least have a couple of songs that would fit that that um, mm. that demographic. So it's, it's a tricky conversation to have for sure. And I'm really just more interested in helping them create stories through like Instagram reels or whatnot, because you're following as you're following, they mm. will just see that and they can show people the short film you made or like YouTube stuff even, or merch deals, creating different clothing lines and all that to go with the music to create the total brand. But TikTok in and of itself is, it's an enigma. Like you can game it, but only so far. Makes sense. Makes mm. sense. I've seen, I've seen some artists put out original music and then Jason Derulo takes it and makes it his own and it becomes more popular than it did with the original original artist. (laughs) Uh, So I I definitely, I definitely understand that. Um, I, I, I see, I've seen like in the past three years, um, like the growth of the music scene here Mm -hmm. for people of color. Like there's always been, you know, folks in the Caucasian community, they've always had a scene Mm -hmm. and I feel like people of color have had a scene, but I don't know, I kind of feel like it's been more visible the past three years for some reason. I'm not sure if it's because of all the social media that we have, but mm-hmm. I've never been, I've never had so much local content to look at on Instagram and on YouTube and on podcasts and stuff now more than ever. And I wonder yeah. what that, why that is. I'm not sure. Were you part of that, of that, um, like, uh, recent growth, do you think, in, 
in uh, concerts being more visible, artists being more visible on Instagram? Or do you feel that was something that already started before you were here? Lord knows. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I, oh God, I'm famously bad at taking credit for anything. Mm. Like I know I've been putting on shows. I don't know that I've made more show opportunities. Because yeah. I know people like, I'm not sure if you've ever interacted with uh, Sp- Spider Crazy. Oh, yeah. No, I love him. He's a great dude to just talk with. And like I just always see the momentum he's got out here. I love that dude. Like I give him so much credit. Yeah. Because you can see that he has done so much. And things would not be the same if it weren't for people like him. 100%. You know? Yeah. And you have to be careful making statements like that, too, because uh, a lot of times when you when you give credit to people, you don't know who, how they are behind the scenes or, like, how they treat people and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I've just heard a lot of positive stuff about a spider. I've had him here on the podcast and stuff, and I've seen his work mm-hmm. of how much he's been able to kind of, you know, influence the music scene here. Um, you personally, though— what is something that you would like to see more of here in the in the music scene in in Arkansas that maybe you don't you see in other states but you haven't seen enough of here? I don't think there is anything because mm. every city has its own identity and sound. Mm. You know, I wouldn't want Houston to be any more like Memphis, and I wouldn't want Memphis to be any more like New York. You know, the subject matter and and. What do you think the identity looks like then here? What what is what is the identity for Arkansas? It's and like, raw and vulnerable. You know, the hardest rappers we have in this area, don't mind telling you, no, like, this day sucked. Like, I really went through it growing up. I feel lost. Now I'm here in Arkansas, and I don't know what's going on. Mm. Like, I can't name a single notable Northwest Arkansas talent who wouldn't be able to tell that story. Mm. And then on top of that, I mean, we just live in a really confusing time, and geographically speaking, especially with, like, all the corporate presence and where we are. Like, people have no idea what the heck is going on here at any point. So I think that very unique set of of ingredients coming together into the little stew that is making Northwest Arkansas music, I mean, that's just what we can bank on. Like, it doesn't have to have a specific trappy sound. It doesn't have to be, like, boom boom bap. It's, I have no idea who I am, but I'm finding out every day, and Mm -hmm. that's just who we are. And, like, I just hope that that gets pushed further and that that community-focused and and really introspective sound can be appreciated more by the other, uh, other areas. Definitely. And what are some of the goals that you have for yourself as an individual? Like what, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you, I don't want I think the, the question, like where do you see yourself in five years is not necessarily the best question to ask people. Mm-hmm. Like, but what do you want to do? Like, what are you interested in, in doing? You know, I'm not sure if art, if you want to stay in Arkansas or if you're thinking about moving somewhere else or mm-hmm. what that looks like for you, but what are some of the goals that you have in, in art just in general here in the in the Arkansas community? Oh, oh, God. People tell me this is terrible all the time, but I stand by it. Like, I refuse to not have this be my goal. I personally don't care where I end up in 10 years. I don't care mm-hmm. where I end up in 20 years. I could be broke as a joke, and I, I really couldn't care less. Mm. The only thing I really care about is being able to let other people continue to tell their stories and feel like they're getting closer to where they've always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the greatest thing anybody can do for themselves is stop trying to find yourself, but fulfill your childhood fantasies and dreams and, and expectations for life because that's who you always were. You probably just lost sight of it. So mm-hmm. if I could just help people reconnect with themselves and connect with other people, that's all I really care about. What did you want to be when you grew up when you were a kid? Mm. Oh, it was complicated. So when I, I remember in kindergarten, I used to want to be a police officer. 
that was a joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see how that went. And then I grew up a little bit, and then I said, no, I want to be an astronaut. And then I realized that was tied to the military, and, like, all respect to the military, but, like, that's – I don't want to be that deeply involved with the government in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So, and then I went to college for computer science and marketing. Then I dropped out and said, nah, uh, I think I would be depressed personally if I did that, so mm-hmm. no. And um, then 2020 happened. I met the Red Lens. Then I met Robin Wallace Hackinson, who, like, y'all, that is my big sister in my heart and my soul. Love her with every fiber of my being because she just saw my potential and saw, like, what creativity could come from. I mean, what creativity I could add to the world. Mm. And because she did that, like, I want to do that for other people. Mm. So... I don't know. I, I never really felt like there was a job that really suit me. I just know that I want to help other people feel more connected. Where do you think that comes from, though? The the wanting to to help people because trauma. Said, uh, <laughs> makes sense. I, makes sense. I, I would never call myself a people pleaser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, if I love somebody or love what they do or just love something in general, like I will die for it. Mm. Like they again, like earlier, there are very few things that make me cry. But like when it happens, like I'm not ashamed to admit it. Like it's yeah. just raw passion to to feel, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you and Elena are still young. I'm still young too, right? I'm yes, very. Still, yeah. Okay, <laughs> just wanted to reassure myself. But y'all are still young. You know, you have oh, your your whole future ahead of you, and and it is inspiring to see that you're not interested in like titles and being someone specifically. It's just kind of like you know, what can you do today to help people? Right. And I think it's important to, to think that way because it's it just shows how how selfless you are and sometimes you might you might think of yourself like oh i'm not selfless selfless but if you have that perspective and that mindset i feel like you are you want to help people and you want other people to have opportunities and to and to get connected and to use the resources that you have mm. because you know a lot of the times people die with those resources because they gatekeep yeah you know so the fact that you're already thinking it's such a young age, like, I don't want to gatekeep these resources. I want to give them to people so that people can succeed. And if they do have goals themselves, then they can reach those goals. Yeah. You know? So I think it's it's important that you that you have that mindset. And hopefully it never changes. You know, Thanks. hopefully life doesn't corrupt you when you get older because a lot of the times it does do that to a lot of people. <laughs> We're uh, getting there. I'll, I'll admit, like, even recently I've had this, this outlook on gatekeeping where I was saying, no, that's the thing that people have to overcome to show that they're passionate. Mm-hmm. So that in particular is one thing that I'm grappling with a little bit more, saying, all right, do I think there should be barriers to entry? And if so, what's the limit to where that's acceptable? Mm. But yeah. Sometimes it's not the problem of gatekeeping, too. Sometimes you tell people, like, this is what I do, right? Like, mm-hmm. I get up, I'm working constantly, you know, I'm putting 50 hours in that one project a week on top of doing this and top of doing that. Right. And people are just like, oh, you're you're just working too much. Like, that's not the type of life I want to live. Like, that's fine. You know, you can do it a different way if it fits you. But yeah. this is what works for me, you know, not sleeping. Exactly. <laughs> like, everything you love comes with sacrifices. Yeah. That comes with relationships. That comes with your personal life. So that's just the sacrifice I want to make. Like mm. like you said, those 50-hour weeks, that's beautiful to me. Yeah, and some people don't want to, you know, they think that there's something else to it. Yeah. So. No, it's just passion. <laughs> that's all it is. But take care of yourself. Take care yes. of your mental Oh, health. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Self-care. <laughs> you know, if you, you see look that, good today. Yeah, you yeah, too. So, like, yeah. we're a bunch of beautiful people in so, a room. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> if you see that you're overworking yourselves, please take care of yourself. Because I've, I've been, a, uh, I don't want to say a victim, but... 
I burned myself out so many times when I was young and I didn't even know that I was burning myself out because I was young and I was like, I can take it. I got all this energy, you yeah. know, I'm all, I'll be all right. But then when you hit your like later twenties or your thirties, you're like, Oh man, this, it became trauma all the time that I, <laughs> yep. that I didn't take care of myself and all the times that I burned myself out now like is affecting my health. Um, so please take care of yourself if you're <laughs> listening, uh, out there, but where can people reach you if they want to work with you or collab or just want to say hi? Yeah, call me crazy, but I I do all my work on Instagram. It's mm. just T-H-E period B-X-M-B-I, the Bambi. And uh, my email is the exact same thing, but add at gmail.com afterwards. But yeah, it doesn't even have to be about work. If you just feel some type of way, want to just connect, have a conversation, or feel like you need to talk to somebody about anything, like I'll gladly and willingly do it for you. Sounds good. Well, Bambi, thank you for making the time to be here. Anytime. I feel like this is the start of a relationship where we'll be able to work together in some way. I feel like there's there's got to be some sort of avenue where we can collab in something, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dude, I'm excited to see it. <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm, ex- I'm just excited to see what you do, man. Like, no pressure, right? Cause yeah, thank you. Because <laughs> it's, it's not I – don't, I don't say that as in like, as in like oh, now you got to do something. But I feel like with your mindset and, you know, with your energy – you're bound to do, you know, amazing things in the community, but don't make it a goal to do it. Just <laughs> you're going to do it just because of the energy that you bring and because of the personality that you have. Um, but thank you for making the time to be here. We really appreciate you. And for everybody listening, that was episode 143 of the District 3 podcast. My name is Edebin. This is Elena. Signing off. <laughs>